Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Malin. How are you doing? Kelly, I'm great. Life is such a breeze now that I have this assistant. Oh, that's right. Okay, so how's she working out? She's she's just the best. I can ask her to do anything, I'm realizing. So what, what kinds of stuff has she been helping you with around the house so far? Well... Or does she come in your house or is it is Oh, it yeah, more? she comes in the house. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just, you know, I'm kind of working out of a home office at this point. So mm-hmm. she comes, she sits in the living room and I, I'll call out whenever I need something from her and she comes around in, which is so great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So this weekend I left my sunroof open in my car, if oh, you can believe that's, it. Wow. That's yeah. such an LA, hashtag LA problems, huh? <laughs> Having yeah. a sunroof in your car and leaving yeah. that open. Yeah. So the whole car just filled up with leaves and it was a whole thing. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, well, there goes my day. And then right. I remember, no, Malin, you have an assistant who can do you these things for you. Yep. So she drove my car, was very nervous about it, I think, but, you know, powered through and did it and got so the So she's sitting thing. in a car full of leaves and she drives it mm-hmm. where to? Well, there's a car wash I like, and, you know, unfortunately it is across town, but I just think they do such a good job. So okay. she drove it there and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what she did, but it came back clean. So I was happy. Uh, what a, It sounds like she's already working miracles and... To be frank, you're making me think a little bit about this. I mean, I we already have a nanny, of course, for the girls when, you know, I'm recording or I'm doing yeah. my other things, my other interests. And But I'm thinking maybe an assistant might be kind of nice, too, to help with those other things that you can't, you can ask a nanny to do, but you don't feel great about it. You know, those sorts right. of little errands that... Totally. Technically yeah. outside the purview. Yeah. I mean, right. I just find anything I don't want to do, I've got a person to do it now. And it's mm-hmm. really, really nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... It's not necessarily resulting in any more, I don't know, productivity or or work for me yet because, you know, we're still in the early phases, but I can really see how just 2023 is going to be my year thanks to this help. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to hear it. And yeah, you've definitely given me a lot to think about. And maybe some members of the audience too who are feeling a little overwhelmed or struggling with their daily Yeah. Hire an assistant. You don't have to pay them as much as you might think. And Mm. a lot of them will do it part-time as well. And, you know, if you're working in the biz, um, some of our listeners might be, you know, it's kind of a connection for them in a way. So Right. Now, is your assistant interested in television and film at all? She is. Yes. Yeah. She wants to be a director which is so cool. Oh, mm-hmm. That is so cool. And and hopefully you can help her along towards that yeah. goal as well. It'll be a mutual, uh, what's it called? A symbiotic relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we know a lot of directors, so I'm sure at some point I'll, you know, find the time to kind of make a connection like that for her. Right. Once she's earned her stripes, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, it's Just been be a few weeks. So out. let's, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Malin, I'm so thrilled today. You know, no assistant, no nothing, no guest, no nothing. It's just us. Right, right. Just us. Doing this episode. And that'll be nice. It'll be a nice change of pace. Elephant in the room. We're discussing an episode that occurred 
during a rough patch in our friendship or rather an episode that maybe caused a rough patch in our friendship. Yeah, I think that's fair to say, Malin, very much so. So we thought rather than, you know, drag a guest into a complicated dynamic, we'll handle this ourselves like adults with a lot of hindsight. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, but we wanted to give you, the audience, a glimpse into what really happened back then and how we worked past it and how we came to be just friends again, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to know. And if you have already listened to DVD commentary, you think you know everything about the show, you've watched all of the box sets and listened to everything. This is information that didn't get in there because we actually talked to Diana about maybe getting in there and giving our side of the story for this episode. And she said, that's not something any audience would know. Why would they know that, Right. you know, we'd done a table read of a well, you know, we'll get into it, but so you right. won't have heard this because it's not been discussed anywhere as far as we know. Right. We weren't asked to be a part of the DVD commentary mm-hmm. despite our offers. Right. So this is an exclusive. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I'll do maybe is um, I'll read the synopsis and then we'll discuss where it went from there. How's that? <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> okay. This is season two, episode 14. A freak blizzard hits Bristol, trapping the passengers on the bus for an entire day. Jackie has to figure out how to get Sylvia, who's afraid of snow, home from kindergarten. So was it the word freak in there that you think sent you down the path that we went on? This is embarrassing. Yeah. In in the first, you know, draft of the script, we got to see the stage direction describes the blizzard as being a freak blizzard. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense now that I'm writing. You know, I just I always was drawn to what the writer's room was doing, the inner workings of a script. So as we've briefly mentioned in a previous episode, I took it upon myself to write my own version of the script for this episode as a little prank. Mm -hmm. So yes, upon seeing the word freak in this context, you know, used to describe an unlikely weather event, Mm -hmm. I was inspired to write a bit of a blue script. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we described it previously as a porn parody. I don't know if, well, you know, we we didn't get far enough into reading no. it for me to ever know if, if it went there. Well, but it, it did go there. I, I, I just, God, I, I just feel awkward talking about this stuff because I, I'm not, it's not something I would do today. It's not a prank I would find funny today. You know, there were children in our cast and while they weren't in the episode a lot, they were present for that table read and it's right. something I don't feel good about. I'll say that. Well, I mean, I in turn can say that I absolutely overreacted to what I now think is a sort of a very funny thing to do. And so our perspectives maybe have reversed in that way where I think, you know, why, why not? Why was I so uptight about, you know, the language I was using and the way people perceived me in those days? Why couldn't I just have a bit of fun and enjoy Mm. a funny prank that my friend made? And, you know, so I think you see growth from both of us in this arena. Oh, that's a really beautiful way to put it. Yeah. I'm happy that you see it that way now because, you know, we can let listeners know you really, really were upset. You know, we get to the table read mm-hmm. and it's a classic sort of, what do you call it? A bottle episode where we're mm-hmm. all going to be trapped on this bus because there's mm-hmm. snow and the bus can't move. And so at first I think maybe people didn't realize there was anything unusual about the script, a bit of language, which, right. you know, occasionally our scripts would have language that would be bleeped out. And it was, right. you know, used sparingly, obviously, because you don't want a network sitcom just being beep, 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 beep all over the place. Right. But I suppose that was the first tell was just the language in, in the script. Right. Yeah. 
So I'm, you know, my character, Jackie, I'm getting a phone call from the school saying, come pick up your kids from school. There's a blizzard and I'm madder about it than I remember thinking made sense for my character reading the script. I'm like, I'm sure I'm using the F word a lot. I don't, yeah. How the F am I supposed to get my daughter out of that F and hole, you know, stuff like that. Right. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, they're, they're planning some sort of emotional crisis for Jackie this episode. That could be exciting. Yeah. Um, and for, sorry, it's actually kind of cracking me up thinking about it because it was just so funny. You just were selling it so well because you're, look, you're an amazing actor. When you get a script, you're going <laughs> to perform the heck oh, out of thank it. thank you. And yeah, and that's kind of, I think, when Diana started to get a little bit pissed because she's like, this isn't the script I approve. You know, like she had had final sign off and is like, is this Kelly improvising these swear words, you know? Right. And, and I then too thinking, you know, ashamed to say, but maybe this is my Meryl moment, right? Maybe this is an Oscar moment Ooh, for me. I'm, yeah. I'm snapping for some reason in this episode in a way that I've really only seen in, in Emmy compilations. So I'm thinking maybe that's ahead for me and come to find out it's, it's a, it's a prank. It's a prank. Yeah. So I think that might've been one of the reasons, you know, sometimes our, our heads can go a little, we can get a little ahead of ourselves in mm -hmm. imagining a really good outcome or something. And it almost gets embarrassing and it's internal, but you almost feel embarrassed that you even let yourself dream that big. Right. And we're actors, right? So it's, you yeah. know, it's a blessing and a curse to have that sort of imagination that runs wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that is what enables us to do what we do and do it so well. But yeah, then the flip side of that is you're imagining real life outcomes that are completely bogus in some cases. Right. Um, right. So that was probably the first couple of pages, you know, just establishing there's this freak blizzard. Sylvia is stuck in the school. You're making, you know, a lot of noise on this, you know, phone call with the school. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was around then. Yeah. I think page three, I, you know, I looked for the script and I couldn't <gasps> yeah, find, I find guess it? I was oh. doing it in an old version of final draft on an old, old laptop. So I don't have it. Oh, what a shame. I do think it would be funny to get a cast reunion together now as our personalities have all evolved and, and we miss each other and even do one of those fundraisers you've been seeing people do on zoom through the pandemic. Oh. If we could find the, the porn parody script and oh have that gosh. as a fundraiser, I mean, can you imagine oh. the, the amount of good we could do for charity? Yes. Yes. That is what it would do. It would be good for charity. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that is such a beautiful idea. Yeah. Sick your assistant on it, maybe. Well, hey, isn't that an idea? Because I, I have that old laptop. It's somewhere in this house. You know, I can't right. find a dang thing, but I bet she could. I bet right. she could send her yeah. up to the attic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, send her up the attic with a flashlight for a couple hours. Say, yeah. hey, uh, there's cookies down here for you when you're done. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Cookies have always motivated me. That's for sure. Yeah. Same here. Well, Diana was not pleased when she realized what was going on. I think it was page four. The reason we stopped was there was just basically the stage direction was and everyone proceeds to remove their jackets and tops. Right. And again, initially, it makes sense. It's hot on the butt. You know, I think the heat was probably cranking. So, you know, I justified it in the script. It made sense mm -hmm. for clothes to come off. But mm -hmm. I think everyone was kind of looking around like, what the heck? Right. There's not ever been this much, you know, detail about right. everyone's bodies and what they're the contours of the sweater over said bodies. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I think that was the moment at which our script coordinator on set, Hunter, I think mm -hmm. felt empowered to say, hey, wait a minute. This is not the script that right. I have been, you know, 
that I have understood is, is what we're reading today. Right. And I wonder often how, why it took him so long to speak up. But then you remember yeah. he's in a room with some of the most powerful people in Hollywood at that point. Right. It's power dynamics. Right. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to speak up and then be punished if this is indeed the script we're doing that day. But I think it, it became mm-hmm. obvious at that point that there was something not right. Yeah. Well, and Hunter was a bit of a prude, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, it actually serves you, can serve you well as a script coordinator, just that attention to detail, that kind of nitpickiness, that like just annoying sort of personality. And you would, okay. And you would correlate that with just a sexual prudeness. I think so. I think so. I think I, I think I stand, I think I stand by that. You know, someone who's just very uh, particular and thinks there are ways that things should be done. And sure. sex is private and sex is not to be written about or, you know, pranked about in a script. You know, that's right. kind well, of the vibe I, mean, I got from Hunter. And that was my energy as well at the time. So I was thinking, oh, there's a, yeah, there's a sense of propriety that's being violated here. And so Hunter ah. and I were, you know, bonding over that, sort of feeling a little bit, <sighs> I mean, what a waste of time. Can you believe yeah. You know, so the room basically, I mean, I don't have a clear memory of that day because I was seeing red, but yeah. yeah, the room, you know, sort of dissolved and some people were giggling. Some people were, you know, Diana head and hands like, goodness gracious, this yeah. has just cost us potentially a lot of time yeah. to reprint the proper scripts, to get everyone yeah. on board for the, the real episode we're reading today. And ultimately, I, I think it, it ended up costing us a day of shooting. Not that it should have. It didn't take a whole day to get there, but... Well, I think it prompted a visit from Universal's HR reps. So those two came down and, you know, unfortunately it probably was more just like it could have been a one-on-one, you know, Uh, they probably could have just pulled me and had the conversation because no one else was to blame, but the entire cast and and writing staff, because, you know, I I wasn't exactly like coming clean about it. I mean, maybe people could tell because I was giggling. I thought it was funny, but right. It was kind of a, hey, whoever did this, let's have a conversation about what is and what isn't appropriate in the workplace. So that meeting was a couple of hours. And at that point, you know, everyone wanted to eat lunch. And then, yeah, so it it winds up taking a day. Yeah. Right. Which is expensive. It's expensive. but So at what point did you admit that it was you then? Well, you know, I overheard Gus saying that he thought it was funny. And oh. he didn't seem to know that it was me. And you, you and sort of I, couldn't resist taking I'm, credit. Yeah, I'm not proud yeah. of that aspect of my personality, but I I need people to know. Like, if I do something funny, I'm not I'm not one to sit back and just revel in a private delight about mm-hmm. it. You know, I, yeah. I I want my credit. Yeah, yeah. No, I think we both have a little bit of that, and. Yeah, I can certainly understand. I don't remember at what point I learned it was you. It just again, the day is a haze of just anger and feeling like, oh wow, my the career I just imagined for myself in the last twenty minutes uh, doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Well, and maybe now is the time to talk about the retaliation that you did. Sure. Because uh, that was not to point fingers or anything, but that was really hard on me. Yeah, and listen, I think there's that that rule in, in science where every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And mm. while I will say I'm not proud of the reaction, I will say it did to me feel appropriate and warranted at the time. But yeah, so I, I was I was feeling a little frustrated with you and I put a diuretic in your coffee. Um, heard you yeah. talking on set the next day about how you had an audition coming up. And I thought not if 
I have anything to say about it. And gosh, even those words coming out of my mouth, how hateful and how vindictive. Yeah. Um, and I'm just sorry, but it, all it took was a couple shakes of the bottle over your coffee and yeah, yeah, you were in your trailer for a couple hours. I was. Yeah. I held us up that day because I could not leave the toilet. I Right. And then you, you, you couldn't, you were too feeble then and the schedule got messed up so you couldn't make your audition. Yeah. Yeah. You had been sort of crowing about. And I think I felt like, yeah, good, good. Really? Uh, but now I feel hard to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I am a different person now and I'd like to think I would not act that way again. I would like to think I would have an adult conversation with my colleague about, yeah, you know, feeling like my time was wasted or whatever my issue was. Yeah. But especially coming off that last episode, you know, where you, you, had your caffeine poisoning. So your constitution was already pretty frail. Yeah. I was just low on hydration, you know, coming off Mm -hmm. a week of vomiting followed by a week of the other end. It was Mm -hmm. just hard to (laughs) keep liquids in me, Mm -hmm. but you know what? You made your point. And I certainly learned my lesson. What is, and what is not a good prank on set. You know, I never pranked again. I'll say that. You never did. That didn't stop the rest of the cast from doing no, as often as no, they wanted. But yeah. You learned your lesson and and I think I learned my lesson because I never reacted with such vindictiveness towards yeah. another person again, despite yeah. having felt wronged many times over the course of our seven seasons together. Yeah. Well and I can actually say I witnessed you going from this because do you remember the Marshall's Christmas commercial that we both went out for? I believe it was later this year. We were both auditioning to be the kind mm-hmm. of face of the Marshall's Christmas campaign. And yeah. we were in that room together, you know, running lines, being yeah. super supportive. So mm-hmm. you did grow And giving from each this. other suggestions for mm-hmm. how to improve. And yeah, here, I think mm-hmm. it'd be funnier if you did this. And and I think we both went in there very well prepared for that audition because of the way we helped one another. Absolutely. And when it went to Amy Poehler, I think we both felt like, hey, we gave it our best shot. Mm-hmm. And Amy is a peer. And a very talented one at that. So yes. how how mad can you be? You can't be mad. It's impossible to stay mad at Amy Poehler. Right, right. Yeah. Haven't seen, have you seen her in a while? I have not connected in quite some time. No, it's been forever, but I would love to reach out. And she was never on the show because she, of course, was filming her own at the time. But right. yeah, it would be nice to, you know, just have her on as a, a person yeah. who knows TV and talk oh, about absolutely. the show with us. Yeah, yeah that, would be, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure she would, so... Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, finding her to get a, at an Erewhon or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, hey, it could be fun for us to go on Parks and Recollection. I don't know if you've listened oh, to that, but, you know, they're kind of doing a similar yeah. thing to us. And yeah, it could be fun to have a, a little crossover moment, but we'll see. Oh, we should reach out to those guys. Yeah. Okay, great. Good thinking. And write write that down. Make a note for your assistant. Oh. I don't mean to be making oh, her my, my assistant no, as well. You, but. you are helping me so much because part of me is like, what can I even ask her to do? Like, what's too much? What's, right? You know? I think basically anything that involves any aspect of the industry, you can offload on her so you can write, you can focus on your script. Right, right. And the car thing, I, that's industry related because, well, how do I get to my meetings? Yes. Yes, all of that. And all of that will be valuable industry experience for her one day, too. And I hope she recognizes that. I think so, too, because honestly, you need to know the lay of the land in Los Angeles. Now, of course, mm-hmm. she's she's from here, so she does know it. But okay. does she know it in the context of 
where are all the lots? Where are the restaurants where people in the industry like to go to? She might not Mm -hmm. know all of that yet. So, right. Yeah. Was the, the car wash where she went near any of those sort of iconic restaurants? She she certainly would have passed some of them. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Good. In fact, I should draw her up a little map of like, here's all the places you need to know. Here's where Craig's is. Right. Yeah. So here's Craig's. Here's Spago. Does anyone eat at Sexy Unique Restaurant, the Vanderpump one, or is that not really an industry spot? It's a little bit of a tourist. I love it. You know, it's it is sexy and unique, but mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of an out of towners thing to oh, come and okay. try to get a glimpse of everybody. You know, mm-hmm. from the Vanderpump Rules cast, which right, you know, and they're lovely. I've met some of them, and oh, couldn't yeah? couldn't be nicer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They seem like great people from the show. I, mm-hmm. I Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of the show, but the ones I've seen, it like, wow. No, neither have I. So if they're bad on the show, I can't speak to that. But in right. person, I tell you what, they are just so generous with, you know, just they'll talk to you for as long as you want them to. That's so great when people will do that. I, I love when a wait staff just gives me their time. Yeah, because in this, in this day and age, you know, it's so easy to rush people in, rush them out. And, exactly. you know, be focused on that bottom line. Mm-hmm. Nice to sit and graze. But enough about my assistant and what I'm making sure. her do and, and where we can dine. We should maybe talk a little bit about the episode that actually happened because, I don't know, watching it last night, I was like, this is a good episode of television. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And I know a lot of people will think, well, almost all your episodes are bottle episodes, but not in this way. I think the added element of not physically being able to get off the bus and everyone's trapped there. Exactly. Uh, you know, no exit possible because the snow's so high. I think that that did raise the stakes significantly. Absolutely. Yeah. There were no passengers getting on or off. So it really felt different. Yeah. Then of course my daughter Sylvia being kept at the kindergarten and ha- having no idea how to get her home because she is so afraid of snow that she looks at it and she sc- starts bursting out into tears, screaming, crying. Yeah. And you know what? We got a question from someone that was asking if snow phobias are real and did a little research and it is a real thing. Is that so? Yeah. Oh, now get out of here. I I would have assumed that this was just another, you know, hilarious invention of our writers, but... Nope. It's real. And, you know, I'm not confident in my pronunciation of this, but it's kianophobia. Get out of here. Wow. Well done. Don't the Greeks have a word for everything, don't they? The Greeks and the Germans. They sure do. They sure do. And thanks to them for lending it to us because now we do too. Right. The word does not appear in this episode of riding around, but sure. for any of you language fans out there, mm-hmm. there is a term for Sylvia's condition. And, you know, I don't know that we treated it with much gravity right. in the episode. But again, as we've said many times, nothing was sacred to this room of comedy writers who just thought, okay, here's a <laughs> right. here's a hot button issue. We're going to touch all sides of it. The most sensitive ones included. We don't care. Exactly. And that was what made our show great. And what does make some episodes hard to rewatch, you know, is yeah. there certain topics that haven't aged well. We've discussed the, you know, our treatment of homosexuality, maybe not as uh, evolved as we would have liked for the time, but right, you know, in this one, I don't, I don't think anyone's watching this back thinking, oh, my kionophobia is no, I don't think so either. Misrepresented here, yeah, and you know, the end of the episode, we see, you know, not a resolution per se, but Sylvia is now on the phone with you, her mother, mm-hmm. and 
I don't know, the bus is kind of laughing at her. It's funny. Like she's, she's absolutely freaking out and it's like, girl, put on some mittens and call it a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone's speakerphone and everyone, I mean, even Ethel's getting in there with the the zings, which she rarely got to do. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun for her to just be, yeah. Funny and old in in one episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But you know what? Listen, a a fun, cute episode. And I just was always so delighted when we got to do these episodes set in winter because we're living in Los Angeles. Right. There is no snow ever. So for us to get to do an episode where, ooh, you know, and you know, of course, intellectually, you know that it's a snow machine creating the the flakes that are going around. Of course. Was it not still delightful to sit and be surrounded by snow? It was. You could have fooled me. I guess they use some sort of soap concoction Mm -hmm. uh, when they're producing fake snow for productions Mm -hmm. like this. And and if you're in Los Angeles today, you can go to, you know, any one of the outdoor malls that does snow and and you'll see a similar substance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you could have fooled me. I really felt like it was actually snowing. And Mm -hmm. I reached out to Patricia, who we had on a couple weeks ago, Mm because I thought maybe snow is a prop. Maybe she can give us kind of the inside detail. Now, of course, we haven't gotten a response, but as we know, she's got some email, you know, strict protocols to follow. And and I'm sure she's got to go through someone's wife to even reach her. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we, I did not get an answer. And for all I know, because snow is more part of the set it's not even a prop so I might have insulted her with the question you know who could say but Mm -hmm. suffice to say it was a lot of snow and it looked really real and was very fun for those of us who hadn't had a snowy time in in quite a while yeah oh that was really special to sit in there and yeah very cozy we're all bundled up and our you know of course very hot for us because oh yeah you know it's Los Angeles. It's the '90s, and we're all wearing snow right. boots and hats and mittens and scarves and right, yeah, big heavy coats. But do you think you'll get to see any snow this uh, Christmas, Kelly? I'm really hoping. I, it's not often here anymore around Christmas. You know, I've mm. been skeptical of the term global warming, but it it does. Mm. I mean, I remember the day the New York City Marathon here. It was in the '70s, and so a lot of my friends who were running the marathon, oh wow, were like, "We didn't train for this. We were not ready for the temperature to be what it is." And it was a very difficult marathon as a result. So I think uh, uh, maybe there is some, you know, it has been feeling warmer than average this winter, which makes me worried that we won't have a white Christmas. But uh, always in January or February, there'll, there'll be something coming down. So nice. maybe not at Christmas, but yeah, at some point we'll get it. Mm-hmm. So you guys are staying local for the holidays? You, Derek, yeah, and the girls? We're gonna, nice. Yeah, we're going to stick around here. Yeah, but, it, but I am hoping to get out to Los Angeles at some point. You know, I, I call me crazy, but I feel like this podcast, people are listening, they're loving. And I think this they pilot are. season, there's hope for both of us maybe to be seeing some traction. Yeah, I am putting the heat on my reps, trying to get them to get ready to send me out. Next pilot season could be huge. And I do, th- I think you're right. There's eyes on us. There's a little buzz around us mm-hmm. and things could really happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I Since I kicked Daryl to the curb, there's not, you know, but I, I don't need to get into this. You know. Oh, well, yeah. No, you had asked me if I would put in a, in a word with my team and I haven't gotten to yet, but I am going to, I think you were, was I waiting on you to send me some, were you sending me a reel or something? I can't remember. You know, didn't do it yet. I think maybe I should hire an assistant at 
cut together a reel. And then once I have an assistant and a reel, then I'll send my reel to your assistant who can send it to your reps. Yes. Yes. Let's do that. And then we don't even need to worry about involving you at all. That's great. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. And yeah, and my assistant is going to be just doing the scheduling for this going forward. So if he's, I don't know if she's emailed you yet, but just with my dates and avails. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be hearing from her and, you know, listeners that won't, (laughs) this won't affect you at all. Hopefully a seamless change that will go, you know, unnoticed on your ends. But yeah, just behind the scenes for you, peek behind the curtain. Mullen has an assistant now. Gosh, that's so cool. Wow. I gotta get one. Well, is there anything else that we're forgetting about this episode? Anything that, you know, if we had been in the room during those director's commentary recordings, we would have wanted to interject here. I think you had, you had some very funny lines. Um, there's, there's one point where you really go on a rant about the lack of preparedness in this part of Virginia in mm-hmm. the transit infrastructure. And, you know, you're always on your soapbox about something in this you really exactly. found some humor in that situation. Yeah. It's kind of a personal interest of mine as well. You know, it's so funny when, if you live in a place that regularly gets snow, they're prepared for it. So say you're mm-hmm. in Boston, they know we got to be out there, salt in the road so they don't ice over. They prepare mm-hmm. in advance. They've got all the plans you need. But in a place like Bristol, there is just no infrastructure. They are not set up to handle these freak weather events. And right. so, and that's what leads to this sort of chaos and the breakdown of public transportation in a place that really needs it. I mean, it's Car City in Bristol, right? And right. that's not okay, but what are you going to do? And it, sorry, turning into Marsha a little bit here, but no, it's fun to see the transformation happen. There she is. But yeah, this episode was a chance for Marsha to yeah get to speak a little bit about local politics, you know, as she, as she loves to do. Yeah. And every, you know, at one point, Rudy and Ethel and Wiggles are in the corner covering their ears like, ah, we've had enough, you know, <laughs> enough of the ranting. But yeah. And I'll just point out in real life, those three were actually big fans of the prank script or whatever. So if you're watching that and thinking, oh, were, were they really annoyed with you, Molly? No, they weren't. They loved it. They were, they were very supportive. And yeah, because people could tell that you and I were in conflict during that yeah. shoot. So I, I think I forget who was on your side exactly. I think Andrea was yeah, uh, Andrea kind of a little on, on your side as well. She yeah, was. I would say Gus wasn't thrilled because he, you know, was already getting asked to go out for other things at the time. And so any day where we weren't shooting was a day where he could have been doing something else and he yeah. didn't get to. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no need to redraw those lines, right? No, we, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, are over it and uh, back together, as you can see, and so happy to be doing this podcast together. Now, we mm. do have a holiday, a bit of a holiday schedule coming up that we'd like to alert you all to. That's right. We're going to be taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So the next two weeks, you're going to find some reruns of the show in your podcast feed. Right. And that's not a mistake. We did it on purpose. We are just going to take some time to recharge our batteries and be with our families and friends and hope that you'll take the time to do the same while still streaming because, you know, the streams are are important. Mm-hmm. Every stream counts, every listen counts. And yeah, and maybe you are newer to the show and you missed out on the origins of writing around. And so mm-hmm. you'll be able to listen to those early ups where we talk about how the show came to be with our with our showrunner, Diana Bones, who you hear us mention quite a bit, mm-hmm. and and another early episode that will help lay the foundation for Riding Around if you've missed that. Yeah. And we just want to thank all of you who's been listening to Riding Around this year. We have continued to be thrilled by the enthusiasm and uh, your comments, your questions, your emails, your voice recordings. Yeah. We want to thank you for 
being passengers and, and, and riding around with us once more. Yeah, I hope you all have a very, very happy rest of your 2022 and stay safe out there. And we'll see you in January. Honk, honk. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.